0: All right, welcome back to Beyond the Belt, where we talk about construction, remodeling, talk to other business owners that just have some great success stories. And also, I always like to share what we run into with the projects that we're doing. And I had the opportunity to contribute to a magazine that is popular in our industry, which is the Journal of Light Construction, uh, the September and October edition this year just talking about prepping floors and walls for tile. And I just wanted to do a quick episode about what was involved with that article. I had some questions from some people just about what we do just to prep for tile. And this was a great article to be able to, to put together because it shows just the extreme of some situations of putting tile in what needs to be done for the prep, which is so much in every bathroom job pretty much that I've done. There's some kind of prep. It's just the amount of prep and the design of the bathroom comes into play. So really, you're going into a house, and depending on the age of the home, a lot of times will depend on how much prep needs to be done. Of course, we find with older homes, with the framing, with the structure, we have to just add to it just for uh, the tile on the flooring, let's say. The deflection is important because it if there isn't a substantial amount of framing to support what's going down, you can just jeopardize the tile that you're going to be installing. And on the first page, you know, I talk about getting everything level to plain, flat. It's better to accomplish as flat as possible because you're not always going to get everything level. But there's some cases to where you just have to get things as level as possible. Otherwise, it's going to show. So on the first page of the article, I have self-leveler going in onto the existing plywood that we put down. And we had to have, you know, the amount of self-leveler we put down because it was a freestanding tub. So you, obviously if it's, that, if it's out of whack and the floor is really out of level, you're going to see it with a freestanding tub. You can make some adjustments on the tub, but you don't want to see a gap underneath this style of tub. I mean, even if you have the clawfoot tubs, I really think you're going to see it in the water because the water is going to find level, and you're just going to see it around the edge of the tub that the floor is not level. Or sometimes with vanity cabinets, you won't have the toe kick that goes right down to the tile or to the floor. So by having a decorative, um, a decorative bottom or Independent feet that just go down to the finished floor, you're not going to have much room to shim out. What we would typically do with cabinets is we're going to put shims in there in order to adjust these cabinets to be level. And then we can have a piece of trim that goes across the bottom to hide where we had to shim up. So it does depend on the design, and it's thinking of all these things ahead of time. Just knowing the products that you're putting in, of course, the expectations of the homeowner and the client, having that discussion, and they know that we're the uh, ones that are experienced, the professionals coming in to accomplish what they envision based on the design. So it's just a lot of pre planning and over the years, understanding how the tile is going to behave, how it's going to perform, the issues you can have with not prepping the right way, with having too much deflection, which is the movement in the floor. So if your floor joists are under-engineered, and granted they could be, only because of the, again, the age of the house, could just have the dimensions of the floor joists could be half of what they need to be because of how building was many years ago, what was accepted what was uh you know what we're doing with our design, anticipating the load, we have to increase the floor joist size or what we call sistering them up, so we're adding a floor joist to the existing next to each other and fastening them fastening them together mechanically to increase the strength of that floor system. And by us taking out what was there originally and inspecting um, just the integrity of the floor, working with either an engineer or architect, just to see what needs to be done to make sure that we don't have any issues with the tile or with the amount of weight we're putting back in. Uh, With the floor leveler, you know, you're just adding bags of um, cement pretty much. You know, of course, it's uh, designed to flow to level and then cure in a way to where you're going to have a smooth surface, but you're adding a lot of weight to a floor. In addition to that, you're adding bags of thinset with your tile on top of that. And now you're adding a, let's say, a freestanding tub that's going to be in a section of that floor that's going to be filled with water. And that's all going to add up to possible point loads or a surface load in that area. So these are the things you think, well, it's a bathroom. I'm just going to go in and retile it and just add some nicer, Pieces of my, nicer uh, vanities, fixtures, whatever the case may be. It's just all these things to take into consideration when uh, starting the floor tile. And then, you know, it's working up to the walls and the showers and what we need to do just to make sure everything planes out the right way. Because I've just had it in the past, learn from past mistakes to where you assume the studs are all good you put your wall backer on um uh, back in the day it was cement board uh you could use so many now that they have go board hardy board schluter weedy weedy is our is our um shower surround of choice really because we just tried it um saw it at a show Actually, it was probably a JLC show to where we're on the floor and there's many bathroom systems that are out there and they all have their advantages. Um, Some people that have been doing tile for many years and like to use mud, mud pans and mud the walls. There's just advantages and some would see disadvantages to different systems for their own personal reasons. We've just built our confidence up over time using Weedy. This isn't a uh, promotion for their product specific, but uh, like I said, we, we tried it. And it's something we've had success with and just are used to and efficient with putting in. But with any shower system, uh, with any wallboard, any backer to tile, you just want it to plane out flat. And if you just go in and put these backer boards in, to, especially these older homes, you have these studs that are proud of one another. Or one may dip in. One may have a crown. And I've just learned from the past of just putting that backer board on, and then you're all set. Your your shower is prepped for tile, and then you start tiling. And then depending on the size tile that you're using. You could just run into issues to where it starts to what we call bottom out. So you're putting the thin set on, you're running it across the shower walls, and it's either lifted up to where it's not adhering and it's not grabbing enough thin set because there's a big belly in the wall, or it starts to hit where the belly is, and your thin set's oozing out, and it's not just a it's not a uh, consistent coverage. And then you don't want that lippage of uh, the tile, which is one tile sticking out further than the other. You want it to plane as perfect as possible. So that all comes with prep on the front end. And in the article here, you know, I'm just showing what I've learned helps is to shave down any wall stud that has a crown in it just with a power planer. And you just see the extreme of what you need to do. And I take a straight edge and I just plane it across from one side to the other. Usually at an angle, just to cover as much surface area as possible. And just seeing, you know, what stud might be an issue. um, I check the walls for plumb. Because on certain tiles and certain designs, this is what all comes into play. Again, you think... Uh, You know, I'm just going to put up some backer board and run some new tile. And you can. And it can come out. It's going to look new. It's going to look decent. But a lot of how things look in the end and how purposeful the design is, the layout is, that all comes together from the prep you do on the front end. You can have a small subway tile. And in the corners, again, based on how you cut them, how your layout is, you may not see that that wall's out of plumb unless it is a good amount. You know, if if over seven or eight feet, it goes out, uh, let's say, three quarters of an inch, you're just going to see how the tiles get bigger from the bottom up to the top or vice versa, depending on how out of plumb that wall is. So. I just make it a priority to make sure everything's flat and plumb, because I just, there are some things you can get by with, make it look nice, uh, hide it within the way that you cut tile. There's all these techniques that are there and you you have to use these techniques for sure if you run into something that uh, either couldn't be fixed or something that was missed. So this way, it just looks as good as possible. Uh, Some things that maybe the untrained eye wouldn't pick up on. So again, it's not like you're trying to be uh, manipulative or deceitful for someone that's coming in to a finished product. Uh, But there's just these little things you can do so that it's not popping off the wall. You know, at the end, that's the worst feeling. You. You get in there, you have an envision of what the tile is going to look like, what the space is going to look like with the design. And you start doing the work and you realize it's just, it's going to, it's going to jump out at you as something that just doesn't look nice. So, with all this prep, it's just um, so important to take the time to get it to the point where. Once you start tiling, everything is dialed in. And of course, in, in addition to this, and probably be a separate podcast, is the waterproofing. The products we're using, uh, the uh, the pitch of the pan, you know, Weedy is pre-pitched, Schluter is pre-pitched. There's a lot of pre-pitched foam pans now, but if you're doing mud a mud pan, just the importance of runoff and uh, pitching in. Any any, uh, half wall, pony wall, knee wall, niche, shelf, pitching everything away so nothing holds water. But again, that's another, another podcast with the importance of that in wet areas, flood testing, all that kind of stuff. So this article, um, it was just really enjoyed doing it because a lot of times when you're When you're even reviewing what you do for bathroom prep, tile prep, a lot of things are automatic when you walk in and look at them for the first time. You're looking at a bathroom, an existing bathroom. When you first walk in, when we're looking at doing the job, or in my case, after our pre-construction meeting, or at the pre-construction meeting, I'm looking at things that could just really be a challenge, or maybe be an issue, or possibly be a benefit. So taking things out of there, if I could take advantage of um, a layout that's not moving too much, so it's an easy swap on some jobs. On other jobs, it's moving things completely, moving things from where a tub was to where a new shower is going to be, So that gets into, of course, all the plumbing and making sure it's going to drain right. So there's a lot of factors involved when we're prepping for tile to consider. And I've just learned over time, it's so much easier and stress-free to do more work on the front end of prepping and anticipate where possibly things are going to be fastened through the tile. So I'll put blocking in the wall because if you have, let's say, a grab bar in a shower and you can't find good blocking, they do have anchors for these grab bars for that reason, if it's an afterthought, which work well. And they're guaranteed to hold a certain amount of weight, which is um, suitable for what you're looking for, for someone to grab onto, of course, in a shower. But there's nothing better than having blocking there to fasten into a nice, secure, solid hold for something that could be um, that needs to be secure for someone holding on to if they fall or slip in the shower. So I just wanted to do, uh, again, just a quick podcast on this this article. It was fun to do. It's. Uh, I'll try to include it in the links and in the notes in this podcast. I'm still getting familiar with even how to do that, but it would be great to have the link to this article and uh, just an overview of the importance of prep. So I hope that helps some people out. I'm going to be doing more just shorter podcasts on especially bathrooms and tile because there's so much that goes into it on What we do, what you need to do to avoid any of the disappointment, whether you're, of course, the client, the homeowner, what they expect, what we promise them on the front end with the design and the renderings that are done. It's like, listen, this is what can be done with your bathroom. And on that design, what they see and what they envision, of course, it's beautiful. It's a dream for a lot of people we do work for. We have to accomplish that depending on the scenario we're running into. And every single bathroom is different. Uh, Like I said, some are easier than others. Some are just a constant challenge. These older houses, uh, upgrading the structure, these floor joists or wall studs that are just completely out of plane with one another. So you are you have your work cut out for you on some of these bathrooms, or even the demo of taking out mud jobs that have wire lath um, just embodied in the mortar. So you're ripping out the existing to get down to a good surface uh, for the prep. So there's, like I said, as you can see, just nothing more important than the prep that's involved with getting ready for tile, the finished product. And um, yeah, I'll just be, I'll be doing more on bathrooms because there's just so much to it. Just on what we're running into. I'm on one now. A bathroom, a big bathroom, 200 square foot bathroom. And what we've had to do for the prep for that one with moving a shower to the other side. You know, I can do a, uh, another podcast on that and where we're at now. So again, thanks for listening. Just wanted to touch upon this article, JLC, Journal of Light Construction, for the September and October edition of this year, 2023. Hope you guys can check it out. And if you have any questions, you know, feel free to email me at MikeDBSRemodel at iCloud.com. All right, thanks, and I'll talk to you soon.